I asked and kicked myself. The subtext was, because I have a kid and can't go kiting off on unplanned overnight trips. Not good to remind him of my limitations. Iris Oakley, able to leap tall exhibits in a single bound. Yeah, yeah, get back by four. Shouldn't be any overtime. So I'd found Denny and the van and plugged the address into the GPS, and here we were, with the morning ticking away. I stretched my shoulders and neck, aching from the tension of peering through a rain-pelted windshield looking for a mailbox or driveway. Also from the tension of not talking to Denny about breaking my best friend's heart. I couldn't face that conversation when we were cooped up together with no escape. We've been sucked into a parallel universe with a road shaped like a Taurus, Denny said. It's a continuous loop until the end of time. I was tempted to agree, but I caught movement in the rearview mirror and flinched as a patrol car closed in swiftly on our bumper. It swept past us on a blind curve. We were saved. I pulled through a wide-open metal gate and parked between the patrol car and a Clark County animal control truck hoping that our van could extricate itself from the mud when necessary. Other trucks and cars advertised the Clark County Sheriff's Office, Washington State Patrol, and the Electric Company. One had a little satellite dish on top and TV station call letters on the side. We climbed out of the van into chilly air and stretched. Two big dogs barked and paced behind us with more anxiety than aggression, a black dog with some boxer in him and a chow mix. Directly to our right was a muddy vegetable garden punctuated with stumps and fenced with hog wire. Tall trees, mostly young Douglas firs, surrounded the house and barns and crowded in along the driveway. How did the garden get enough sun to survive? Lichen-frosted trees stood evenly spaced down the fence line, a few apples clinging to their crooked branches. All the open spaces were churned up mud, mud everywhere. Courier and Ives, it wasn't. A stump farm, Denny said, his dark blonde hair bare to the weather. Log the trees and starve trying to farm it, then give up and let the trees come back. Must be animal hoarders hiding out here so they can have all the dogs they want. Might have rabbits in that barn. Maybe a donkey somewhere around or pygmy goats. Not real farm animals. Pets. I'd known Denny a long time and had no trouble tuning out his stream-of-consciousness guesswork. He took off toward a barn fifty yards in front of us with long strides, tall and hunched forward. Wait up, I called. We need to talk to the cops first. Denny stopped and jittered in place, then swung toward the single-story gray house to our left. Three homemade plywood doghouses near the front of the house had no door flaps, no bedding. All they provided was a partial windbreak. Next to the front porch, the traditional frayed blue tarp sheltered a heap of firewood, chunks spilling out at the edges. A Clark County deputy sheriff on the porch looked perturbed by our arrival. 
His uniform was way sharper than our dark brown shirts and pants. He wore a khaki shirt, olive green pants, and thick-soled black shoes that had picked up a lot of mud. He got to wear a star on his chest, and an earbud with a coiled tube down to a pocket, plus a belt with a gun. I felt underdressed. I'm Iris Oakley from Finley Zoo, I said. This is Denny Steller. We're here to remove the exotic animals. The zoo agreed to hold them. The crew-cut deputy relaxed, nodded, and led us through the rain toward the closer of the two barns. I scanned the place as I dodged mud puddles in his wake. Both barns were roofed in rusted metal and sheathed in weathered wood siding. Feral blackberry canes arched along their sides. A green Vanagon camper with moss-edged windows sat composting alongside the closer barn.